Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello, Achievers. This is episode 85 of the Next Level Author Podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author business. My name is Sasha Black, and here with me every single week is... Daniel Wilcox. You're a husky, Sasha. I am a little bit husky. I'm sort of, um, you know, when you have a sore throat and you sort of wax and wane in and out. So like one Mm. minute I'll be fine and then it will go husky again. Then I'll be fine. And then I'll be like coughing a lung up. Um, I take the lid off this bottle because I feel like it's distracting to me now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, let's just leave that there. Um, Ah. So, um, um, what was I going to say? For listeners, I don't have COVID. I have tested twice, two days running. I am just very worn down. Um, but Daniel... Interesting that we have to like clarify that anytime we're, we're ill now. Like, it does any other illness, you'd be like, you don't have to say a word. But the minute you have a husky throat, even if you're like, you're, you're nowhere in proximity to any of our listeners. I know. And yet I know. there's still that disclaimer. It's not COVID. I, but also, like, I think it's like flu season anyway. And people forget that people can have a cold and it not be covid but anyway do you have a human cesspit running around i do have a demonic little monster full of germs and near other grubby kids so not saying specifically him like i'm not i'm not saying that atlas is a cesspit (laughs) funnily enough he he does have i did pick this up from him and i think combined with me burning the candle at at both ends and in the middle i have uh yeah worn myself low anyway how was your week my week has been (laughs) <laughs> a blur <laughs> like a really good blur so um I've mentioned this on like a way previous episode but I tend to go into a bit of like a disassociative state throughout times of like real change whenever I move house just to clarify what that means for people is like I get on and I do it and I make it happen but then I'll look back a year two years later and I don't really remember much of it and mm. I'm very much aware that I'm going through that at the minute because this week is just like speeding by and I'm getting the things done but at the same time it's like I'm not I'm not wholly like present in the moment, if that makes sense. It's just mm-hmm. kind of very automatic, just getting on with stuff. But like, it's it's been a good week. I'm pretty much nearly packed. I move tomorrow. Um, so we're, we're recording today earlier than usual, uh, just for, for listeners um, who like timelines. And uh, yeah, I, I, I move tomorrow. It's going to be a mad rush, but then I'll be in the place. I'll be able to set up. And then from next week's recording, I'll be able to show off the, the, new, the new pad. Um, and then I've also been making sort of like waves with dictation this week. So the headset that I bought last week that works audio really waves, Oi. audio waves. Ah, ah. Sorry. The, heads- <laughs> the headset that I bought last week, I've discovered works really well in the car, works quite well indoors, does not work outside. Like I tested it because I've been basically vlogging my journey because I really want to document what I'm learning to help other people not have to like put so much energy into it as, as I have. And I went on a walk and there was like a minor breeze minor minor breeze and it just came through the mic it's just like (laughs) and yeah so I ended up while out on the walk just using my phone and just holding it to my mouth and that was infinitely better so I'm now learning like the different mic types that are best in different conditions because it seems that most people that dictate they do it like indoors or when they're driving there's not a lot of people that walk outside and do it um 
so I'm I'm kind of as I say I'm just doing my own learning trying to make my own way I have just because <laughs> I made a business case for this this phone is nearly three years old it's Google Pixel 3a and I've just bought myself a Google Pixel 6 which is the one that's just come out and one of their features that they boast is sort of like cutting edge AI transcription so I bought that bought myself some Google ear pods which are like the ones that use bone conductors to like make sure that your voice is nice and clear so I'm going to be testing those when they come through in a few weeks. Um, but like just just for perspective on how dictation is going, I have so far recorded three days this week for a combined total of two hours and 10 minutes of recorded audio. So that doesn't include like walking to and from where I've been doing it, but two hours and 10 minutes of recorded audio. And I have clocked up eleven and a half thousand words. Wow. How clean they are. Like I'm, I'm fairly confident that they're clean in terms of what I'm saying, but when they go through a transcription <coughs> AI, there's mistakes. Mm-hmm. So I'm now looking into whether or not I can afford to have it transcribed by a human to remove those mistakes. And so that I can get clean files back. But at the minute, that's a whole different area of transcription that I'm looking into. And I'm currently doing a bunch of research in how much that costs. Cause especially with, with ghostwriting as a problem, because obviously you come across like NDAs and stuff where you shouldn't be sharing the work and things. And so I can't do that. Um, but even with my own work, like it's it's pricey so far. So I'm trying to find like affordable solutions to transcribe so that I can save myself hours in the editing process. Mm. But yeah, that's that's my week. Highly productive, very, very blurry, and I move tomorrow. Yes, just dropping that one in there. Yeah, that is very exciting. I'm very, very, very excited for you to get into your own place. Congratulations, bro. Yeah, I spent a lot of Tuesday there sorting out my internet and like just unpacking like certain rooms because I've been shipping boxes and yeah, it'll be nice once everything's in. Excellent, excellent. How's your week? Um, So my week has been interesting. It's been a weird week <gasps> because I, um, I cleared the deck. So I think last time I had spoken to Ellie, I think I'd just spoken to Ellie. Is that right? Had I spoken to I Ellie so, when yeah. I had a coaching session? Yeah. Yes, yes. And she had basically set me the task or the goal of finishing Trey by the end of the month so that I was free. That's what really hooked me was that I would be free of Trey. I'd be free mm. to write the things that I want to write. So I'm, my whole goal with the end of this year is to finish all of the remaining projects that I have. So Trey, Sirens, the anthology, um, and a critique partner read. I want to get those four things done so that I start next year with a clean slate. So then the only open, the only open project I will have is the scent of death, but that doesn't kind of count because that is a project that I want to do. Um, anyway, so she set this, this um goal of, of finishing Trey by the end of the month. And um so I was like, you know, there's still quite a lot left. And um, if I am going to do this, I'm going to really need to like clear the decks and stuff. So I put an out of office on that just said, I'm not going to reply to any emails until the until December. That's it. I'm just not replying to emails. Um, <clears throat> I can't tell you how freeing that was. It's, it's less good that I've got like almost 100 emails <laughs> already by, by the end of the first week that need responses. but. Um, that does kind of tell me something. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like I basically, so the only stuff I've done this week is work on Trey and do podcasts. 
and essential, really essential things and freelance. And so I don't feel like I have a huge amount to report because that is literally all I've been doing. The strange Just because it's one thing doesn't mean it's not big. Oh no, like I've done a lot. Um, but that is kind of the strange thing for me is the realization that one, Phoenix Burn really works for me. Um, although I suspect that is partially playing into me not being entirely 100% well because I've burned so hard Uh and two um just quite how much I am capable of doing if I just clear the decks and I feel like that is a realization I have to keep having which is very frustrating because I know that that's the case and yet I don't really set myself up to do that I really where's your focus yeah it's at seven uh eight Mm -hmm. yeah um so it's not and you've, I've got wideners, remember, in my one and one and two are kind of wideners with competition and achiever, you will take on more. So the focus is, is in my top 10, but not quite as high. So, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I, anyway, anyway. So it's been, it's been a strange one this week, just focusing on one thing. Um, and it's sort of led to the question this week. Um, but anyway, that's, that's my check-in, uh, level up. Well, level up. I don't think we've read this one. Um, we are getting low on level up, so I will do a level up farm in the Facebook group, but if anyone does have any specific level ups, then by all means drop them on Facebook, or if you're on a Patreon, just drop them in there and we will read them out live on air and celebrate your victories. Um, and I have one from, and again, I don't think we've read this one, but we definitely had some from, uh, before published Kingdom of Lies August 12th and got asked to be part of a charity anthology which is coming out April 20th 2022 so congrats Rianne doing amazing things also while growing a human baby <laughs> which is amazing stuff mm-hmm. oh it's still me isn't it uh, any uh-huh. new patrons this week no new patrons, no new patrons. No new yeah. patrons. but uh, if you would like to be a patron and you'd like to join us for our uh, Q&A sessions and uh, get all of the episodes early then you can do so by visiting uh, patreon.com forward slash next level authors notices do you have a notice darling yeah so I, it's been a while since i've said this one out but um i have a book called the self-publishing blueprint which basically tracks the entire journey from start to finish of how to basically set up your book in the best way possible to reach your specific success so it starts with market research it goes into actual sort of craft of the book and how you can look around that it goes into the publishing process into marketing after and it really is sort of just an all-round handy guide to how to self-publish your book and that's called the self-publishing blueprint and is available on my website at danielwilcox.com slash blueprint or on any available store where you can buy books excellent um i don't know that i have anything new um but Wait, when does this come out? This doesn't come out. No, we're not. Tuesday the 16th. Okay, no, so that's not Black Friday yet. Okay, so um, (laughs) I have an audiobook. If you love the dulcet uh, sounds and tones of my voice, then you can get more of that by listening to 13 Steps to Evil, How to Craft a Super Bad Villain on audiobook. You can get it on any audio store. Um, Yeah, go check it out. Um, Okay, so... uh, is it confessional or is it thing of the week? I think it's thing of the week. What have you Either enjoyed or. this week? So I've got three things I'm going to quickly wow. shout out. Number one, I received a very uplifting phone call from a friend yesterday that had me howling with laughter. 
Wow. Wow. That's one thing. I'm going to leave wow. it there and say no more. But I will say that wow. is one of the highlights of my week. <laughs> wow, Dan. <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, no. <laughs> I didn't expect you to. <laughs> wow. We, don't, we won't have to go into it. But no. We probably won't. But no. suffice to say that, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Um, <laughs> We'll leave it there. The other, the other two things. Number one, um, I'm really, really enjoying watching the people in my boot camp do very, very amazing things. Um, like I've got my word tracker in which everyone's sort of like jumping in there, writing their words, and I get to see how people are doing throughout the week. And like what's been really, really uh, nice is we are now, as of recording, day 11 into Nano, and people are just smashing the words. And like people who went into it a bit sort of doubtful are doing amazing things. There are people who have... <laughs> I'm being careful of what I say because we've got a long way to go yet but I, I just I just want to say for anyone listening like I am like incredibly proud of how people are doing so far and it's looking really good for how many people are gonna hit that 50,000 word mark and once again go well above what is the 20% pass rate of nano um and the third thing is uh I appeared on a brand new podcast well so I spoke on a brand new podcast this week. The episode won't go live for a few weeks, but the the actual podcast went live, I want to say yesterday, which is Wednesday the 10th. And it's from our mutual friend, Zach Bohannon. And he has started a podcast called Creator Dad. And it was really like nice to be asked to come on to that, that show because it's interview format, but it's very conversational. Um, from the title, clearly, like he's specifically talking about like dads and the dad's journey through being a creative. So it's not necessarily just writers. He's got filmmakers, artists, musicians, people from across the creative spectrum. Um, and it's a very, as I say, informal, just chat style podcast. And it was just, it was really, really flattering to be asked. And he has said as well that, you know, it's not going to be exclusively dads for the entire thing. There will be points where he brings on like mums and stuff and sort of shows parenthood through creativity. Um, but I, I just, for people who are curious, I would highly recommend even just checking out the podcast art because it looks absolutely awesome and I'm well impressed with it. So go check that out. <laughs> Wicked. Um, I'm going to struggle a little bit because um, <clears throat> I have done one thing and one thing only this week. Um, <clears throat> tell a lie. I know what I'm enjoying. So I have started a book called One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston, which is a lesbian romance that's kind of contemporary. I mean, it's technically set in contemporary New York, but there's an element of time travel. Um, <clears throat> and her attention to detail and quirkiness is delightful. And I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And I have highlighted the shit out of it. And I'm only about 120 pages into the book and it's a 400 and something odd page book. Um, nice. So yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I just haven't uh, got, gotten through it, but I have been thoroughly enjoying that. So that is my thing of the week. Um, Beautiful. Can I, can I also add just very quickly, just for people who are curious, and I, I know the, the number will be very, very few. I finished Midnight Mass this week, seven episodes, and the first six episodes were tremendous. <laughs> I was highly disappointed with the finale. Oh, no. I'll leave it there because I could break it down for hours, but like, suffice to say it did disappoint <laughs> damn that's a shame oh I'm gonna add one more thing because <laughs> this is sad and I just like what happened to childhood but um I had a food delivery this week 
Like I have not had a food delivery. I used to only exclusively have food deliveries, right? And then the, <coughs> and then the pandemic happened and um, I couldn't get a slot because they were only being given to vulnerable people or old people or like NHS people, which was completely, completely understood that. So um, I went food shopping and I, having had a food delivery this week, have remembered how fucking much I hate food shopping and how delightful having food deliveries is. So um, mm. I think I'm going to be going back to food deliveries going forward. Nice. So yeah. Also, what a loser. Such that is like the most adult thing I could possibly say. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Uh, anyway comments comments so i don't know if this is because recording early or just sort of the the heaviness of the question but we had one comment this week which was from cassie we said great episode what have i normalized my idea generation oh the question was what have you normalized that you used to appreciate uh my idea generation in the beginning it was shuffling through potential ideas and themes in no concerted natural way not really finding the story now I understand story structure well that it's become second nature to me. The fear of not having a story to write to or develop is not there anymore. It's quite normalized when I get an idea, premise or theme, how I will input into a story structure. It's amazing to think back to the beginning of the fear. What if I never have another story idea again? Not a concern for me now, which I love. And that's something I, I think that. similarly when, because I think when you, when you start writing, it's not even just a lack of ideas. It's more like I have to get the right idea and you discount the other ones because you mm. haven't, stretch that muscle and learned how to turn the seed of an idea into something bigger but I love that I think we both missed the most obvious one last week we have both normalized exhaustion yeah like living in a perpetual (laughs) state of tired and I think part of that is parenthood has normalized it for us and part of it is being self-employed as well Mm. and Um, one that I will quickly add just on that because I said it to you before recording is like I've moved house like for three 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 four years basically I've not been like in a state of permanent residence for a long time so I'm always knowing that I can't settle anywhere because I've got somewhere else to move to so I've not been able to like invest in things that are going to like fill a room because I know that, that room's only going to be there for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. so it's going to be interesting moving to the new this new place which is mine and I can stay there for as long as I want um to see what that does to to my mental state and everything that'll be a fun journey hopefully ah. uh confessional how are you doing with your quarter four challenge oh so this is interesting right let's get my list up <clears throat> because this has been a week so move house happening tomorrow boom done attend coaching apprenticeship i have terminated my attendance in the coaching apprenticeship uh, i will not go into details but suffice to say this has been a very interesting week um and that is no longer a thing uh i I'm in the process, well, I say in the process, I've got the calendar there for activated authors, but I'm yet to actually like finish it. And as I said last week, I'm changing, or I have on the Facebook group, changed the um, author survey to dictation. And that really is sort of my focus at the minute. So out of the four things, one of them I've changed and one of them I'm not doing anymore, um, which Great like, goals, I'm probably, Dan. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm probably, <laughs> thing is, I'm probably going to do the cracker challenge anyway, because it sounds like fun. Um, and also, I've still not done the freaking eggs. I'll do that. Like, someone remind me. I will do the eggs because I really want to. Um, but yeah, no, the the coaching thing, it was very <clears throat> I think unplanned. you can do both, both in one. Do a combo at Christmas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, the, the coaching thing, like, I won't go into all the details, but suffice to say, um, I was all set up to go, and then things happened, and we parted ways. So... 
I will be searching for other alternatives in the meantime. Okay, and on my quarter four challenge, uh, Sasha will read 30 books after having a stonking week um, where I read six books in a week. Um, I only read one last week, uh, but I think I have done quite a lot of sort of after work things and my sleep's fucked and I'm just all over the place. So stonking a negative word. No, stonking good. I don't know. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Um, so I've read 14, so I'm almost halfway. Um, so yeah, I'm like practically halfway. Uh, logo for the thing. Yeah, that's done. Create a plan for a series of masterclasses. I've decided that at a minimum, I'm going to do one a quarter next year. So that feels like I'm putting some more structure in and one a quarter doesn't feel like a huge well so I'm not like that's not black and white but that's my my aim I would like to do one a quarter um and I have now got some ideas um about what I would like to do I've sort of written down two or three like potential ideas so I feel like I'm like more or less there with that I don't know that I can I don't know um basically what what I'm going to do is burn hard until the school holidays hopefully get those four big things done and then plan at the in the last week of December and the first week of January so I don't know that one may like in terms of I don't know I'll, mm. anyway um I'm making progress towards it um in terms of editing accepted anthologies which is the last one I have shelved that until December um because I have literally shelved everything until the until December uh because I'm going to be free of Trey <laughs> into this month so um yeah, I and also right just on that, I only have fifteen thousand words left to edit of Trey. Yeah, so <laughs> this past <laughs> this past week, I have edited as much as I edited in the whole of last month, and I was working on it the whole of last month. So. I mean, that just shows me what I'm capable of. Don't get me wrong. So I have 15 and a half, I think it's 15 and a half thousand words that are already written. And I have three chapters that are empty, which are the chapters that I am pulling to kind of conclude the... And you scrapped one, I saw. I did, yeah, yesterday. I scrapped a whole chapter, yeah. Because I kind of felt like it, like I had added in some references to the key bit of information in the chapter in some other locations and so it just wasn't really needed so mm. um I've kept it because I might uh because it's a funny chapter and that was a bit of a shame really but um I might use it as like bonus material or something um yeah, <clears throat> yeah. so yeah I I only have fifteen and a half thousand words and three chapters left to write I will have to do a read and tweak because I've sort of flown through some of the chapters where I'm like, eh, the prose could be a bit better in these chapters. Like the, you know, eyes and look is like re- repeated or whatever. So I'll have to go through and do yeah. all of those. And I've got some, I've got a page of notes. Like I've taken some notes um, on the, on the edits that I need to like, just tiny little things that I need to go back and put in. So mm. that's probably half a day's work there as well. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm on track essentially to, finish it finally I think, I think I know something that I can replace that coaching with on my task because I've got a bunch of reading that I need to do in December for um an awards panel that I'm on so I'm going to sub that in excellent okay so question of the week thank you okay I, so <laughs> this is this has come because I've had a few realizations about this um and so I'm just interested and and I try and take a wide angled lens 
view of it, I think is what, the only thing that I can say. So the question is, how do you cope with pressure? Oh, that silence. Um, well, how about you? <laughs> so I suppose I'm asking because I think there are different types of pressure and different types of pressure have different responses. Does that make sense? So, yeah, yeah I suppose I'm wondering, like, what, what type of pressure for you is positive? What type of pressure is negative? How do you cope with each what are the physical and mental responses that you have to each, you know, those kinds of. So, I mean, it's interesting that you bring this question up because I've been watching a lot of um, videos on like stoicism this week. And um, for people familiar with Ryan Holiday, he's got like a YouTube channel, which is just full of incredible, useful advice uh, from sort of like stoic philosophy. And like, <laughs> I think it's one of those things that it's, it's been an ever evolving journey. And once again, it's something that I've, I've normalized somewhat just going off of like last week's question, because I think pressure for me really came from all different angles. Um, especially when you go back to like school and you've got like, obviously I moved house quite, I say young, I was 16. I moved house and sort of moved away from all of my friends. Like you get pressure from, what your parents expect of you in terms of education and life um pressure for how people want you to be how you choose to be pressure from yourself on you know are you doing enough and, and living all that and I think I don't know if my dad ever realized at the time but when I was about must have been about eight or nine like and this this is still sort of like crystal clear in my head about like the words that he said I was fretting or freaking out about something and he literally sat me down and went, well, is the thing that you're worried about something that you can control? And I went, what? And he went, well, is there anything you can do about it? Can you speak to someone? Can you do something? Is there anything you can change in this situation? Like you, can you? And I just went, well, no, it, it, it just is. And he was like, well, then turn your attention towards focusing on things that you can control. And as I say, that's been something that over the years has just become more and more profound and something that I've taken on board a lot. So when it comes to any kind of pressure um big or small I really do sort of sit back and think like is this something that I need to worry about because you know a lot of things aren't like with with the pandemic obviously there's a lot there was a lot of pressure in terms of changing workloads and adjusting to different ways of life and all that kind of stuff and you could sit and you could pity and you could be pissed off and all that kind of stuff but for me I I'd rather and not to say that I don't slip and, you know, I'm not perfect with it, but I try to focus mostly on channeling my energy into stuff that I can do. So with Bailey and homeschooling, it was very much a case of, okay, the only solution I have here is to get up early, do my work, and then I can dedicate time to him. Um, when it comes to like my education things, I remember that at school, I got to pick two subjects that I could do when I was like 14 for the last two years of, of our senior school um whatever grade that is in the US I have no idea and I I fought my corner to do um drama and music because my parents didn't want me to do two creative subjects because they wanted me to do something a bit more academic but it was one thing where I was like no no I I see the value in this I want to do this and by that point I think I was 
you know, you're still young, but old enough to like at least justify why you wanted to do it. Um, and yeah, I think at the center of this question, that's just the one thing I'm going to come back to is just in those moments of pressure, can I control it? And if I can, what do I then do about it? And then over time, you then become more and more familiar with the different strengths of pressure and the different levels of pressure and what you can kind of take. And we've said this, I think a lot on this show is that you become more familiar with what you can take on, what your workloads are, what you can handle. And so for example, this week, um, I basically didn't know I was moving tomorrow until I had confirmed that I can book a van on Monday. And I had plans this week for doing lots of different things. And I have decided not to do any of them other than what is critical, which is at the minute sort of keeping on top of the boot camp and also getting my words in for clients. Um, thankfully, because of dictation, like that's going very, very well. Um, but yeah, I I started thinking like, oh, I could do X, I could do Y, I can carry on and do all this different stuff. And the truth is that, you know, <laughs> moving, although the practicalities of it, it's, it's very simple. You pack up boxes, you put them in a van, you go. The, the actual mental load and how much brain space that takes, for me anyway, um, is enough that I know that I need to give myself that break and not to do as much as I normally would do just because I could, but I would likely burn out and then suffer in the long run. Like I already have a mouthful of ulcers and I'm doing considerably less than I normally do. Um, yeah, I mean, it really does come down to like I do, I am one of those people that I do definitely work better closer to a deadline. Like my focus kicks in if I'm sort of two, three days out from a deadline and I have to work solid and hard to make it happen because I I have a tendency to not procrastinate, but to coast a bit and to utilize that time that I have because I know that at the end I can just slam and just compress it and do it. And that may not be the healthiest way of doing it, but. I don't question that. <clears throat> You're probably like a phoenix. Of... And it, if it works for you and you deliver, why change it? Potentially, I think a lot of it for me comes back to, especially the more I think about it, like this this state of impermanence and like, it'll be interesting. Again, once I move into a place that is more permanent and I have a bit more routine and I'm not traveling like what equates to about eight hours every week just to go and like do stuff. It'll be interesting to see how that kicks in. But yeah, like I definitely, I definitely go through phases of lighter work and then like burning hard for a few weeks. Um, but no, I, as I say, all of it will fall back to in the face of pressure, what is important and what isn't. And I think, again, that, that is why one of the first questions I ever asked on this podcast was what is your minimum? Because yeah. we were at a point in the pandemic when there was so much change that we just had no control over. And we were still adjusting to what that would look like for us. So for me, I was asking really that question for myself, which is what is the bare minimum I can get away with? And how do I then build up on top of that? Because if you know what your minimum is, then really everything above that is a bonus mm-hmm. and it helps fuel you f- fuel you forward because you're doing the things that you should be doing you're then doing extra and then hopefully you can keep moving forward but yeah I think I think that answers mine somewhat yeah and I love that um you went in a direction that I didn't really expect as well <laughs> I love that we always answer these questions so differently so um that yeah I mean I, I think I think I think the strengths stuff has helped me learn about pressure. I, I used to say, and I, st- I do think that this is true, um, that I work best when I have one too many things to do for the amount of time that I have. So let's say I have time to do three things 
I will work best if I have four things to do, right? Because that's how I get stuff done, which means I'm pressure prompted. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is the piece that I didn't really realize until recently that I need a certain amount of pressure in order to go. Um, but what is interesting for me is the type of pressure and where that pressure comes from. So like, I, I can uh, also, so some of the stuff that you were saying about, um, oh, no, how was it that you said, um, I can't remember, but essentially some pressure just bounces off me. Um, and that was, there was sort of something that you were saying around there. And I, and I sort of agreed that like quite a lot of pressure will just bounce off me. And that's because um, I don't know if I'm conditioned to it or if I have a big plate or capacity for doing, I don't know. Um, but certainly I feel like I'm like one of those steam pots where you sort of, it sort of builds and builds and builds. And you like, <laughs> I have to have enough to get to the point where I'm like boiling so that I like go and I do the job that I'm supposed to do. Like, and the interesting thing for me is like, it, 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 I am really learning that it depends on the type of pressure and where it comes from, because I can be challenged to do something and I'll just be like, eh, and not get into it and just not do it. Um, and so, but this is the thing that I'm trying to work out. What are the circumstances under which externally applied pressure will impact me? And this is what I've been trying to think about this week because Ellie laid out this goal for me to do, to do, to finish Trey this month. And it's been three years in the making. What was it that she did this month that was different? Because you could have done it and I'd have been like, fuck off, I'm not going to do that. Or do you know what I mean? Like, uh, what is it about her? Is it the fact that she is a coach and completely external and not in the friend circle? Is it that she gave me a reason why? And that's, that's the thing that I think clinched it. She gave me a reason why. And the reason why is that I have a bigger thing that I want to do now I have something else that I want to do and I can't do that unless I'm free of trade because I have to finish what I start mm-hmm. so I think she gave me a why and she sort of dangled that freedom carrot which is interesting because that's not going to be a carrot that I'm always going to be able to have dangled um, it is unique to this circumstance so this really shows me that I need I need to look at and examine and deconstruct why I have done things in the past before like what was it that that was the trigger that like made me go um and yeah so I I don't know like I definitely feel like and so the other reason that I was I was going to say this is that um so I have I've been clearing the decks right and trying to get rid of all the stuff that I owe people and I almost ground to a halt right? Because I cleared I all of those things for other people is pressure. It's different types of applied pressure. And I had all of that and I was smashing stuff, but I wasn't doing enough for myself because I'd overloaded my plate with stuff for other people. So, but, but because there was that pressure there, I was delivering and I was doing, then I took all of that pressure away by finishing all those tasks. And I found that I was almost at a point of inertia. And I was like, how am I? And if it weren't for Ellie, I don't, I don't know that I would have finished Trey this month. I don't know. Like I just found that then suddenly I was like wandering around my house, like almost procrastinating because I didn't have enough on my plate, but then I still have these unfinished projects. So I don't know. I feel like there is a, there is something I'm trying to unlock when it comes to pressure. Um, 
in that I am definitely a person who needs applied pressure. Um, but I don't know, maybe it is the why. Maybe I just need that very crystal clear why. Why should I, why am I doing this? And that will apply the pressure. I don't know. Um, yeah. I also like the pressure of a challenge that seems just slightly over the line of insurmountable which I think is the competition in me um because you know she laid down this gauntlet of get the book done by the end of the month and I was like I am never gonna do that like that is just no way I can get that done and like one working week later I've almost fucking done it so like what does that tell me um there is obviously like some power in competition in in competition and that phoenix burn but um and also the fact that I've almost broken myself to do it (laughs) But that is also a very competition thing. But yeah, I don't know. I I like the I like the pressure of having to perform. I like the pressure of competition, like and and pushing yourself to perform at your peak. I've always yeah, I've always liked pressure. But I find you know how you were talking about ulcers and mental load. Mm-hmm. I find that there is still a line. I am not uh, superhuman. So I can, no. I can, I know, I know. <laughs> I really hate that realization that I keep having to have. Um, so I find that there are, like, I can have lots of work pressure and I can have social pressure. But if I have work pressure, social pressure, and like mental pressure in terms of like family stuff or, or whatever, something else that's causing mental pressure, then I start to collapse and break down. I can have mental pressure and I can have work pressure, but I can't then have, like a third type of pressure on top of me as well. And Mm -hmm. I genuinely feel like that mental pressure is the one that is, that tends to be the straw that breaks the camel's back for me. Um, Yeah, go on. I I have so much (laughs) in my head to to add to like all of this as well. So number one, and I'm going to forget these, I think, as I'm trying to say them. Say Um, them in a summary and then go through them because then I'll help you remember. No, because I had four and I'm already down to three. It's fine. Um, <laughs> wait, let me just quickly. Yeah. Oh, no, I've... All right. So these are the four. So number one is that. <laughs> number four is that. Wow. Uh, and as listeners one, listen to Dan's brain that, literally cur- turning cogs. Okay, cool. <laughs> so number one, I love what you said about, like, the different facets of your life. and. Yeah. This I won't go into the full context of where this was, where I first saw this, because it's totally different contextually. But one thing that I have seen um, used often is people who basically take the the top categories of their life. So whether that's um, work, love, parental responsibilities, uh, self-care, and depending on what your, your top headers are, one thing I've seen people do is that where each month they almost like, or it could be each week, they review out of a scale of 10 where they feel that they've been most successful in these areas. And it's one of those where, for example, if you have four different categories, you allow yourself to be between a seven or a 10 in three of those categories and you allow yourself to fail in only one of them. And then the following month, you can fail in only one of the other ones. But it gives you that onus to like see that you're excelling in most areas of your life, but also allowing yourself a little bit of a weakness if there are certain like changes and, and things in the other one, which I just quite like as a, like a review method of life. And it's one thing that I had in one of my old productivity planners where it was like, fitness financial health like nutrition all these different categories and then you almost rank yourself and each week each month you can see where you where you fared in those areas um because sometimes you can like have a really bad work month and suddenly you feel like you're also failing at being a parent and being a partner and being like everything else so that's one thing that 
I like is almost like a method to review. Just for me to come back on that. That's exactly what happened this week. Right. So I'm trying very hard to fast um, and to too fast and to be really good and not eat sugar. But I couldn't do that as well as continue going to Taekwondo, as well as um, be a mum, as well as keep the house tidy, as well as go full competition mm-hmm. burn on tray. So I just let it go. And I'm not fasting this week because I can't I cannot physically do all of the things so i just let it go yeah. I'll, I'll go back yeah. to it it's fine but um, yeah, if yeah, you're an 11 in one category you're going to be taking that from somewhere else yeah exactly exactly yeah. um so that's one thing the other thing that i, I ask of you because i don't know if this is consideration that you've had is have you ever thought that your locus of validation is exterior to yourself which is why your competition always needs someone to compete against so it's never a case of like Whereas rarely, I don't like to use definitives, it's rarely a case of you sit and I'm doing this for me. It's always because I want to get out of my job or it's because I want to beat this or I want to prove this to someone else. There always seems to be, again, not always, there often seems to be the motivation when you're burning hard that it's to prove a point publicly. And that also might link into your self-assurance. Well, so that's the interesting thing. As soon as you started talking, I was like, yeah, but my self-assurance knows. Like, I know I'm doing it because this, you know, so I think, I think think it's like significance. Oh, so significance. Yes, absolutely. My competition and significance are definitely outward focus, but they constantly butt up against. So it's so funny. My coaching question this month, right, is literally this. Okay. Because so, you know, that I am looking at a different genre. Yes. And I have gone off. And so my learner and my competition have gone off and done a fuck bucket of research. Right. I haven't finished. I'm still feeding because I don't have all the answers that I want. So I'm still feeding my brain. (laughs) It's been longer than a week. But anyway, my brain is I'm consuming all this information. Um, But I'd already made the decision that I was going to do this. I decided that it was it was good. I knew that this was the right thing for me. And then I listened to a um, talk which discussed the size of the market and that it was a smaller market and that, um, you know, this, that, and the other. And they just, there were just these couple of negatives that had come out and and all of a sudden I was completely rocked. And so my question to Ellie this month is going to be, where is the line between self-assurance's confidence of knowing a thing and, and setting that direction with strategic and then competition and learner needing information and therefore needing to consume so that we can see the market, we can understand the market and we're providing that assurance because sometimes you will consume and then that then feeds doubt into mm-hmm. self-assurance and self-assurance is really poisonous. Uh, sorry, doubt is really poisonous for self-assurance because it's so black and white. It knows. Um And so, yeah, that is my question because I don't know the answer to that. And it's something that I'm, like I faced this week. And I think, I think the solution is go out and get more information to reassure your self-assurance. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know. Um, in terms of like the locus, it's really interesting because I think mostly I am driven by self-assurance and myself. Uh, I know I want to do a thing, therefore I will do it. But I definitely think that there is an element of external external something so I will happily do a thing if I'm poked prodded encouraged goaded into into doing it but I don't know 
that it's validation because nobody can tell me I've written a good book but me you know so I think it depends on what the thing is sometimes it's external and sometimes it's internal I'm not sure it's validation a why it might be an external why but I don't think it would be validation well it might be just because I like analogies that you know self-assurance and strategic are what puts the coal onto the steam train and then your competition and that external like oh you can't do this is enough to make you slam the button and drive that fucking train um the competition yeah the competition would be the the burning the fuel and the self-assurance and strategic would be deciding i'm just, which I'm, I'm just saying on. given given the phone call which we will say, say no more on. <laughs> why are you gonna be like this why are you gonna bring up the phone call Dan? <laughs> you know what you signed up for god damn it <laughs> waving a pair of my secrets in in public like without revealing the secrets i I mean that's what we do on this show we just tease people um the the other thing that i wanted to to say as well because i've got it in a nice little list to remember um is the so i think there's a negative um, association with procrastination and with people who do store everything up to the last minute and something that i've seen over the years is that it does just work for people sometimes that is just how they operate as much as you want to try and like different methods and what i would recommend and we'll drop a link in the show notes is where is it um there's a talk a ted talk on youtube from a guy called tim urban called inside the mind of a master procrastinator and he is the definition of i'm going to leave it to the last minute but through that talk he explains why that is how he works how that benefits his creativity and how you can then almost like adapt yourself and just get used to that process so, you know, if that is something Mark that you struggle Fave with. Mark is an excellent example of that. He is yeah. phenomenal. Oh, he is. Yeah. He did it with He um... thrives on last minute pressure and he, he he fucking delivers every single time. He's amazing. That's another talk to listen to on Joanna Penn's podcast with him and Joanna about the, the recent book they've done together. Um, yeah, so like it's worth checking out for if if you do think you're that type of person just because there's a lot of useful information and even like i wouldn't say i'm as extreme as tim urban but there's definitely an element of me of like i will sort of stockpile it a little bit towards the end um and the the final thing i wanted to add on just like in terms of pressure and things is something huge that kind of unlocked a lot of my mentality now um came from a counseling session that i had probably about two two years ago now um and it was just this this idea this principle that like you everything that you do in life you take responsibility for so if like I had it with a friend of mine where she was getting really pissed off with her boyfriend and she um kept going to see him at the weekend even though it meant sort of like she had to travel quite far and she was sacrificing but then when she saw her boyfriend he wasn't doing anything and it was just really lazy and she used to get really really annoyed at him for that to which I kind of like peeled back and said but you're choosing to go into that situation knowing what he's like and what he does and suffice to say they're not together anymore but she was putting all this pissed off isn't pissed offness at him despite the fact like this was consistently how he was and despite her talking to him he wouldn't change and so even though that's you know a lot of that is him she still has the option to say I don't want to put myself in that situation and be pissed off by that because I could be doing other things mm-hmm. and it's similar with like I know a lot of people and I'm, I'm really not directing this to anyone particularly who listens to this podcast but like I know a lot of people who yeah their job sucks and they're really annoyed at like being told what to do and like these situations and the politics of stuff and if you peel back i know it's hard but you always have the option to do something else 
to find another job. And me taking this really sort of extreme form of responsibility and choice for, for me just infinitely has been empowering. It's helped me kind of like progress, just be happier in general. And to kind of bring it back to all the pressure stuff, when it comes to this kind of pressure, I'm now aware that if I'm, especially over the last year, if I'm really under extreme pressure, I look at the things that I've chosen to do and then I pick where my priority should be and the things that I can push aside, forget, or just continue with. So kind of, it's, it's a very extreme way of doing it, but that really has infinitely helped me deal with pressure over the last like, couple <clears throat> of years. Yeah, I um, really, really subscribe to that. <clears throat> and it's one of the reasons that I don't believe in luck, but that is a very controversial <laughs> statement that I know really upsets lots of people. So we're not going to go into that and don't ever make that one of the questions because everyone will hate me. Um, but uh, yeah, I completely agree with everything that you're saying. And uh, I very much try to take responsibility for Mm-hmm. the things I do in life okay right so um I think that's it uh we have been talking for about an hour so we should call it a day given that this is a 30 minute show it's never been a 30 minute show <laughs> that's what I listened to we were like 40 minutes into the preamble and then 10 minutes of the question <laughs> oh okay um so question of the week is how do you cope with pressure and we will see you next week bye 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 Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become next level authors. Can I just say though, whatever that is to your left looks like a dildo. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, amazing. For clarification. remember what one of those looks like um <laughs> <laughs>